1: On today's podcast, musician and all-round legend Imogen Clark joins me to talk about not just her career, but also our favourite albums from 2022. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I like my vinyl round and with a hole in it here on Big Squid. Thank you for joining me today. My guest is musician Imogen Clark, and we had a wonderful chat about her career, her music, the way it's changed and the reasons it's changed. And we also discuss our favorite albums from 2022. And at the end of last year, I invited my listeners to share their favorite albums as well. So you'll hear what some of the Big Squid community were getting into as well. Uh, I've been trying to hook this up for ages, uh, Imogen's been really busy, I've been all over the shop, so finally getting this to happen was fantastic, and she was great, I'd love to get her back on, we had a really good time, and I think you'll really enjoy this podcast as well. A quick reminder for friends in Adelaide, my new show Little Victories opens next week at the Rhino Room, and we'll be on for five shows only, that's right, five, so, you know, It might be Tuesday of next week, and you think, oh, I'll go in a couple of days, and then suddenly it's a week later, and you go, how did I miss it? It's only five shows. So if you're keen to come along, get in there, people. Big Squid listeners can access a discount on their ticket purchases by using the code PODCAST, and that will save you a little bit of money. So head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. That is justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs, and you can find a link there. But remember to use that discount code of podcast. I also have a Patreon where you can access bonus podcasts, scripts, works in progress, extra big discounts to live events. Yes, the Patreon supporters get an even bigger discount than just the normal one that comes out through this podcast. But... When you sign up, you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout-out goes to Mel LeMay. Hi, Mel. Thank you for supporting the work here. And not only that, but also for your support on my previous podcast. Can you take this photo, please? That's right. Mel has been... A big fan for a long time and has always been uh, very generous in her support of uh, this podcast and previous podcasts as well. And uh, Mel, you'll probably be very happy to know, uh, you know how I've been putting up old episodes of Can You Take This uh, Photo Please on the Patreon Uh, Well, there will be more of those coming up soon They just take a while to go through At the moment, uh, what I've been doing is I've been putting up a work in progress That has three chapters So that's been the main goal in the last few weeks But as soon as that third chapter is up We will be having more old Can you take this photo please podcast So keep your eyes and ears out for that but uh, thank you, Mel. I hope you're well and uh, appreciate you subscribing. If you'd like to join my Patreon, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. That is patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. All of your money gets funneled back into making this podcast. It goes right back in to everything that happens here. So thank you to everyone who helps contribute to uh, the ability for me to be able to keep producing this for you. I'll come back at the end of the podcast to let you know what is happening next week. But now it is time to bring in the absolutely delightful Imogen Clark. So I had an opening question for you, but we were chatting for ages before we started (laughs) recording, which is, a it always feels like it's a warm-up, you know. And uh, you said something that I want to get back to in the chat, which was that you said you're... Dad played in punk bands, was that yes, right?
0: Yes, that's true. Can My you tell dad, me more about that? My dad is one of the coolest people. He um he is how I got into music really and and he was into music from a very young age and plays bass, yep. writes songs, sings and he played in all these like nuts Punk bands in yeah. the 70s and 80s. I think um the one he was in that was most successful was called Black Runner, and um they were doing all these amazing like supports for Cold Chisel and stuff right. before Cold Chisel, broken and, and you know he had such a great time doing it and it's really cool because he also you know can do the sort of folk singer songwriter thing, but he has a has a punk edge to him. So I think it's right. exactly it's basically me. Yeah. <laughs> like I've become that person as well.
1: That's really interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because I don't I, we'll. we'll We'll get to your uh, kind of progress as yeah. an artist, but there is something a little bit rockier and uh, totally. a little bit harder edged. Without like, it still has maintained a consistency because I've just been listening to all of your stuff oh, this week you. in the lead up. So there is a consistency, but it has kind of gotten a bit a bit bigger in the font, definitely, and. and uh, definition right?
0: Yes absolutely all of the sort of um, all of those rock roots have come out now more than I ever let them I think earlier because I obviously you would have kind of noticed the early stuff for me I I grew up in country and I started in kind of like a country folk or maybe alt-country Americana area um, which I love I still love listening to all that music but I just realized it wasn't necessarily where my heart was leading me much more in a in a pop rock sort of World, right. um, which is where I found myself now. But it's funny that I've come full circle because my dad used to say to me, "One day, you know, one day you're going to join a punk band." I'm like, "Oh, Dad, you know, I'm at me with my acoustic guitar, like playing folk music." And then, like, I looked around and I'm like, "Oh, actually, it's getting close to that." Right,
1: right. So was that was that your very uh, gentle way of rebelling as a as a youngster? Yeah. It's like uh, if Dad's into punk, you know, I'm I'm just going to do something that's really nice and so gentle. Funny,
0: that's actually so true. What a hilarious world. When the when you're rebelling away from the punk, like yeah. that's not the rebellion itself. Yeah. I love it. I'm yeah. very happy that I. You know, it's great. It's cool because it means that everything. You know, I've always had such rock uh, loves as far as the the bands that I love, Led Zeppelin, and my favorite sort of classic band. And right. I was raised on Zep and I was raised on Deep Purple and Sex Pistols and all this stuff. But um. I kind of, I, it made me focus and zone in on what writing a really good song is about at its core and being able to play it by itself on a guitar or a piano and vocal and be able to get away with it as a good song without anything else surrounding it. Yeah. And now it's just about what the production surrounding it becomes. You know, it's sort right. of just, it's still just like songwriting at its core and storytelling at its core, but the production around everything has changed and the band band makeup has changed, you know, over the years.
1: Yeah, well, even your haircut.
0: Everything, yes. My haircut has (laughs) changed a lot, in fact. um, It was very, very long and I cut it all off in a video, so that was fun.
1: Yeah, great. So (laughs) what what did you start playing? Was it guitar or piano or were you...? Uh,
0: It's actually weird. I started... Firstly, weirdly started on piano, which is strange because it's not my main instrument now, but I did start on that first. And then a couple of years later, because I was only about 11 when I, or maybe 10 when I started piano. And then I picked up the guitar a couple of years later, but that right. just became like, oh, this is my real love, you know? Yeah. Um, and only since COVID have I gotten back to the piano. I oh, kind of really? let it, I let it, you know, when you just have those skills that you just don't do enough yeah. and then they just fall out of your head. It's like learning yes. a language and then not using it for a long time. And I started getting really... Uh, self-conscious about my my lack of ability on the piano. And when COVID hit, that's one of the silver, silver linings. I just right. sat at my parents' place where I was living at the time and I just plonked away on the piano until I got more confident. Ah, okay. Yeah. You
1: know, what? I kind of did that with writing as well. Like oh, I, really? there were writing schools that I felt like had kind of dissipated over the years and uh, COVID was a perfect time yeah. for that. It's like, well, I've got to keep myself... <laughs> Intellectually sane. stimulated yeah. somehow <laughs> slash sane, and yes. uh, looking back over things and deliberately setting uh, writing tasks yeah. to make sure that I was, you know,
0: that's so s- good.
1: Getting it back up to speed.
0: It's great because you're you're escaping from the confines of your apartment when yeah. you go into a, something like that. When you're writing, you know, you can get away from the fact. For a minute, you can get away from the fact that you're stuck inside your apartment. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> you can't do any shows or go yeah. anywhere. Yeah,
1: you can lose yourself in a in a thought, and it's uh, yeah. and it's really freeing, and it also revitalizes you when you have that moment of like, no, it's, I'm still in my lounge room, exactly, but I'm in a much better mood. For oh my it.
0: god, so <laughs> so true. The amount yeah. of times I was like, I don't, I just want to give up on today. Yeah. Um, and then I would sit down and play the piano, and maybe like something would come out that I, and I would I would just write a song and yeah. throughout COVID I, I was disappointed in myself for not writing as much because I just oh, well the, was, oh my it god it was hard though you so know like, like
1: so many uh, creative types were angry at themselves because oh. because it, your initial thought is... Well, your, your initial thought is... Ah! And then, <laughs> but then you... So that's so <laughs> uncanny. Yeah, once that that, that screaming stopped, yeah. it was like, oh, well, now I'll just do all those things I was going to do. Oh my and God. then But there was um, the lack of stimulus. Oh, there, so the, much
0: pressure to use all the time so wisely as yeah. well. Um, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I can't... I just cannot do anything like I, I i write best when i'm on the road or like oh, really busy or yeah. you know meeting new people going new places yeah. if i'm just stuck in the same four walls there's nothing i want to do less than write. like i just yeah. can't it i mean i can i can make myself do it but it's not my favorite yeah. stuff that i've written you know <laughs> yeah
1: you need something to have happened to spark an idea yeah. that you, then you can go off into that space and you can explore it exactly. it's always um uh Albums written on the road are fascinating to listen to, aren't they? Because they always, yeah. uh, you can, especially uh, especially after an artist is broken yes. and then, you know, like sometimes it can delve into cliche of yeah. like they go from here's my new album yeah. and the next album is like I'm lonely on the road. But, uh, <laughs> but they can, because they're on the road, they can be coming into contact with different, uh, uh, just different uh, ways of looking at things yeah. and suddenly that the next album can have this, harder edge or, or something
0: that's so true it's in it's so interesting like I feel like it's kind of annoying that the time you want to write the most is the time when you're the busiest but it, yeah. I always find like it artists when you know they've written the album on the road it feels very like there's an urgency to it or like yeah maybe like a just a knowing themselves really well like there's a sense that they know themselves really well because for me I don't know I'm sure it's like this for a lot of other artists but I feel like I am really in the zone of like who I am and what I want from life and the the, the peak level of confidence that I can achieve is when I'm on the road. Right. So like I will be also writing at my best because I'm like, I know what I want. I know what I want to say here and this yeah. song would be great and I don't have any inhibitions about writing this song that might have scared me before. Um, whereas when I'm kind of sitting at home, the self-doubt creeps in a bit oh, more, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah,
1: that awful voice. Yes, That awful, fun. awful voice that can just, even when you're on top of everything, it yep. just can pop in out of nowhere and say, hey, Ed, remember <laughs> like sometimes you feel a bit down about shit? And you go, well, <laughs> oh, shut up. What? Remember
0: how you hate yourself a lot? Just yeah. think about that for a Shush. second.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to enjoy this sandwich.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I was having such a good day <laughs> before you showed up.
1: It's such a weird voice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'll, I'll I'll get back to some of the other questions in a sec. But uh, going through your back catalogue, and I, so I started from the beginning with uh, "Love and Lovely Lies," <laughs> uh, and. Uh, your vocals are still, like, they're so good. Oh, thank they're you. They're really powerful. Thank and, you and, so much. And I was listening to her. I was getting, uh, I hope this is a compliment, but I was getting like a Gillian Welch vibe from that album. Oh, my gosh. I love Gillian. Album. Oh, do you? She
0: is one of my favourite oh, songwriters of all time. I oh, that's love good. Her. Thank, that is such a lovely compliment. Oh, that's thank good.
1: You. Because, you know, I'd written that down and then about half an hour before you turned up, I was like, uh, am I about to oh, drop no. that? and then you like out of all the artists I hate in the world, <laughs> <and> it's like... <laughs>
0: no, I feel like you'd have to be devoid of a soul to hate Gillian Welsh. Yes. Like, Hard Times is one of my favourite songs that has ever been written, right. and I play that at a lot of shows, and it's just, like, the most... Um, I just think it's one of the most sort of human, beautiful songs, and she has so many songs like that. Yeah. Like, I just... I adore her, yeah.
1: Uh, the Actually, uh, just before I get into this, because my was... Because the last time I saw you perform, you were doing uh, covers, yes, and they were great. Thank you. And Gillian Welch uh, does a magnificent cover of uh, Radiohead's "Black Star."
0: Oh my gosh, I think I've heard this. Yes, I love it so much. She, yeah, and she puts her own thing on it.
1: So I wanted to ask you what, because you were doing a great job with covers. Thank what, you. What's the what's the trick? Do you think?
0: I think with covers, it's just about. Um, finding a a reason to... Every cover you pick, there should be a reason that you do it beyond just that you love the song. Like, yeah. I think maybe there kind of needs to be a... It has to be coming from your voice still. Yeah. Like, and you have to kind of relate it to your own life in a way to make it feel more authentic. But then also kind of maybe putting your own musical spin on yeah. it is really fun as well. Like, one of my favourite covers is um, uh, Rustin Kelly does an amazing version of Teenage Dirtbag. And right. it's like just this open tuning kind of harrowing, soulful way of singing this, like really kind of makes it this really downbeat kind of sorrowful song. Right. That in in its original form is this like upbeat, you know, super, you know, teenage movie vibe banger. Yeah. And you're just like, this is so interesting. Like the, the way this song is being done is so different and he's put his own voice to it, and it's given it a whole other meaning. So I think that's kind of the most important part of a cover. Yeah,
1: I love a I love a cross uh, gender cover. Yes. So yes. Uh, there is you know Welch doing Black Star. Oh. It just gives it a, uh, it just gives it a different sort of uh, like timber to yes. the to the song. Yes. Uh, and then there is. Um, Elvis Costello doing Anyone Who Had a Heart, oh which you're so yes. used to as uh, a woman singing. So yes. to hear a man sing it is oh. who, you know, as a as a general rule, men don't pull their hearts out in yeah, that yeah. very specific kind of way. Sure. To, yeah. So to hear a guy doing it yeah. kind of makes it even a bit more tragic.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. I love that. I do love a, a, a cross-gender switcheroo as well. It's always yeah. very fun.
1: And the... Uh, the, the I got into Brian Ferry in oh, lockdown wow. and his cool. first album is full of covers oh, and his awesome. his cover of uh, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want <laughs> To is an absolute delight. Oh, my God, I have to listen to that. It's it's somehow hilarious and sincere yeah. and lounge lizard and 100% him. That's and amazing. It's, it's all of those things. That's so, so fun. I love that. Um, so, But getting back to your album, uh, I love the single You'll Only Break My Heart. Oh, thank you. And then I'm listening to it and then I was like – you must have been so young because you're still so young, <laughs> and uh, do you know what I mean, so I'm listening to this, and then I was, and then it just kind of dawned on me yeah, so um wh- where do you think your writing maturity comes from?
0: That's well, firstly, that's a lovely compliment. Thank you so much. I think I was maybe twenty or twenty one when right. I made that record, maybe it was over those two years um and I think look i I think maybe part of it is genetic from my dad, yeah. because I and I and also um you know grew up watching him write songs like I used to sit right. in the studio we had a little home studio at my my parents place and he would like put the um headphones on me as a baby and I would literally just sit there and then as soon as he stopped the music I would cry until he like rewound it oh. back the tape you know right. um and I so I guess I just I just that was as normal to me as Having a parent that was an accountant or a yeah. lawyer, like I was like, oh yeah, dad's dad's write songs. That's right. what that's what dads do. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I just didn't. So probably the exposure to it, um, and because I started so young, um, you know, I I started writing songs when I was maybe twelve or thirteen. So right. I kind of already had had like ten years of growing and understanding what made a good song, and right. also I think just the fact that I'm such a big music fan. Like I really do believe that you can't be a really good songwriter unless you're a big fan of songwriting. You know, like I I listen to songs and I go, this makes me feel so like this song is just bringing out something in me. How can I do that? And I would just study it like it was, you know, like it was anything else you would study at university or something. But I would just, that was my life, you know, and that's always been my life. And so I think maybe I just got... Good at it earlier than than most people right. who start later in their life. I don't know.
1: It's a it's a it's an interesting approach, isn't it? Do you also uh, apart from listening to other songs, do you like read books or uh, you know even watching a movie and and there's there's something yep. that you want to capture even though they're completely different art forms. Yeah, but you want to. It's or sometimes it's almost like you want to capture a color.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. I definitely. It's it's all kinds of art, isn't it? Like that, yeah. it, it, you know. Um, I I definitely read a lot. I love reading, and um, books will, you know. M- most commonly, I love reading books about, you know, musicians and yeah. their struggles and their. Um, I hate the word journey so much. I've been watching The Bachelor and I've heard the word journey 50,000 times in the last two weeks. So I'm just like, never say it again. It it is a
1: disaster (laughs) of a word now. Because anytime it slips out, and sometimes it's legitimate. And Uh. it's like, this has been my step after step to get here (laughs) just to avoid. I can't say it anymore. Horrid.
0: horrid. Um, But yeah, I think it's just kind of. God, I've now I've completely gotten myself into a. I've, I can't even remember what I was saying, but yeah, basically, I think like um, any kind of art form is yeah. it is what makes me want to create something too. It's like yeah. you know, you see someone else creating something. The same way I go to a gig and I'm like, wow, I want to go home and write songs. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not surprised that you like uh, reading because because yeah. uh, you're a storyteller in in your songs Thank as you. well. Yeah. So with the. Um, Maybe it it changes, but do you do you start off with a like a tune in mind, or do you start off do you like think of a a sentence and then? There's something about that that you want to extrapolate upon, and then then you uh, the music finds its way in. Like, how yeah. does it work?
0: Uh, honestly, that's I think this is why I still am in so in love with songwriting after all this time. Is that it's always different. Like right. it almost every time is different. It's still yeah. a mystery. It's really. Yeah. And I heard Taylor Swift talking about this once, who I'm a massive fan of, and I was like, that's that's exactly how I feel. It's always a mystery. It's never the same twice. It's, yeah, it keeps you guessing, and it's really fun because sometimes I will. Um, you know, I like to write to title a lot these days where I will come up with a title and then I'll write the song based on the title or just one sort of theme um, or one line and I'll write the song based on that. But then in the past, I've written whole songs as poems and then set them to music or I've written a riff first or I've written chords first or a melody comes to me in the shower and I'm like, ah, you know, it's weird. It's always different. I love it. That's why it's so fun.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I guess um, maybe you'll know you've got your first crisis in music when you do three albums exactly the same way. <laughs> oh, and then,
0: that's mental breakdown stuff coming. Yeah. You just, if I was starting to do that, I think my manager <laughs> would be like very worried about me. Right. He'd be like, what is happening with you?
1: I, I'm still like that with stand-up after all these years. Really? Like it's gone from, uh, you know, I've gone through periods of writing it all out. So, yeah. and then, uh, and then, deconstructing it into lines to memorise it and then it then it was just the lines and then for a couple of years I didn't I didn't write at all I would just write words and then I would work it out on stage and but it's constantly changing and going back and forwards and 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 yes thankfully that is a thing because otherwise I think I would be nuttier than I am now
0: yeah and so bored with (laughs) it like wouldn't you get bored with I mean it's the same way that I feel like I would be terrible at pretty much any other job ever Oh right, because <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I would get so bored with this if I was yeah. just doing the same thing over and over again without any kind of any any variation yeah
1: so um actually before we go further what, what does your mum do because I met your mum who was yeah. an absolute delight <laughs> she's an angel and um so y- your dad's A punk rocker. What's your (laughs) mum?
0: So, um, mum was for many years a uh, property manager and now she writes um, learning resources for people learning to become real estate agents or strider, you know, managers and whatnot.
1: It's the perfect relationship. like The the crazy artist and the person who keeps... Oh, bringing the money. In, you have right? no
0: idea. My <laughs> mum and dad are the most opposite people you could ever possibly meet, and sometimes I'm like, "Mum, how did you end up?" Like, they met while they were both studying literature at Macquarie University. Oh, um, and right. they ended up getting married on the campus there. Um, but yeah, Mum just said because
1: I so think they, so. They both had a love of words.
0: They have They exactly, and right. that's where. That all comes from because my mum is not musical at all, but she's very creative and she writes yep. beautiful poetry. Right, and and so we were raised. My brother Elliot Knight, Elliot named after T. S. Eliot, of oh, course. Oh, great. Um, we were raised on loving poetry, and that's yep. probably a big part of where my love of lyric because lyrics is my favorite part of writing. Yes, so that's probably where that all comes from.
1: Do you have a favorite lyricist, or is Ooh, that is that too hard? Or no,
0: I mean, it's got to be. It's hard to narrow down to just one, but I feel like it would either be. Joni Mitchell or Leonard Cohen. Right. Very hard to choose between those two. But I just think, um, although there is also someone, um, you know, a a current artist. um, Do you know Jason Isbell? Are you aware of Jason Isbell? He's an amazing Americana rock artist from um, Muscle Shoals in Alabama. And he's probably one of the, I would say, probably the best. Lyricist of of now of sort of current yeah. artists that I've come across, I think he's truly an incredible writer. But it's just the, the lyrics are the things for me. I don't know about yeah. you when you listen to music, but lyrics are the things that just floor me. Like yeah. I will just the breath will be knocked out of me sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Some of my favorite uh, songs is it's it's pretty much because of two lines. Yes, and then those two lines kind of you know regardless of where they are in yeah. the lyrics, they kind of resonate. Forwards and backwards exactly. throughout the song. Exactly. And, uh, but it's those two that you hear, that yeah. you go, you latch on to them.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it is. It feels very, um, it just, it, it, it draws you straight into the story. Yeah. Like even if the melody is beautiful, if the lyrics are a bit trite or something, I just, yeah. w- I won't, I'll lose interest really yeah. quickly.
1: The, um, I don't know why I've thought of this, but it, you know when something just pops into your head out of nowhere. I remember... I don't know how I ended up on it, but uh, someone was complaining about a Powderfinger song <laughs> where they said Bernard Fanning had been really lazy because <laughs> he'd made up the word barrio and then <laughs> someone had to explain to that person what a barrio is. Like I don't it, even
0: know what that is. It's
1: um I'll, I'll, Hang on, let me look it oh up. Oh, my God. Like, I'm it, but it's, it's, that's hilarious. But it was so funny that this person was just like, I used to be such a Powderfinger fan, but oh now they're just God. like uh, – now they're just really phoning it in. Just making up words. Like, that's that's I, so funny. So it's a community of like 13 to 16 villages. <laughs> that that's what. it's. So it's an actual word. But this person, this this powderfinger fan after all these years was like, "I'm fucking out. Oh like, this my is bullshit. God, just making up words."
0: That is truly the funniest thing yeah. to get the shits about, isn't it? Like it's, just to yeah. be you just really want to be angry with someone. You do. You do doing that
1: but then you know like i love lyrics uh like i love you know straightforward storytelling i like uh you know the the burrows technique where people you know cut up the lyrics and then move them about and oh. then uh you know you can end up with stuff that it's weird when you're reading it, it, it kind of doesn't mean anything, yeah. but it somehow has a, has a texture ah. and a mood to it that, and so that appeals to you as well. So those are the best kind. Yeah.
0: Stream of consciousness almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so then I was listening to your second album collide, uh, which uh, was, uh, it was interesting because I felt like a built on the foundations of the previous album. And it yes. was like, uh, this is my first album and th- th- now I've learned lessons. So yes. w- what I was curious about was what was the main thing you learnt from the first album that you could take into that second album?
0: That's a good question. I think my my songwriting naturally evolved as I was getting older but also from a production perspective, I mean, the first record was literally made basically in my friend's garage. Like right. it, was, it was all self-produced. There were no session musicians involved. It was me and my friend Jack Hookie and his brother Harry Hookie and we just made we just played instruments that sometimes we didn't even know what we were doing. I mean, I right. barely picked up a tambourine and I did all the tambourine. Like I played some lead guitar. I'm like, what am I doing? I didn't even know what I, I don't know how to play a lot of right. this stuff. <laughs> right. but, but so it was so like homegrown and like uh so very uh warts and all, which yeah. I loved about it. And I don't regret any of that. You know, I, th- I feel like that was exactly the record I wanted to make at that point. It was almost like a, if, if you could have like, um, garage rock, but like yeah. garage alt country. You know yeah. that was the sort of thing that it felt like. Um, and then for the for collide, um, I had Mark Lazott producing yeah. it, and you know obviously the the production value increased so much, yeah. um, which was great because it was it was fun to hear the songs in in such a um, much more sort of schmick way, but then also with with the the beautiful. Um, uh, the sort of beautiful tendencies that Mark Lazotte has with music. I mean, he's just such a, he's such a genius. Yeah. Um, I really think of him as just one of the best um, people in the business. And uh, he, so he kind of had his magic touch yeah. on everything, which was, which was beautiful. And I think between the two records, as well as just learning how to write songs a little bit better and sort of, you know, evolving all the time with that. I think I knew more about myself. I'd had more experiences. I'd, you know, I'd kind of learned... I mean, the first record is very much about just be a hopeless romantic and jump on in. Even if you get hurt, it's okay. And then the next record was like, but sometimes maybe guard your heart a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very much like, oh, I've lived a little bit now. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's not always good. Maybe sometimes be wary of who you trust. Oh, um, no. So yep. all those stories started to creep in.
1: The, the, the tragedy of... Life experience.
0: Yes. The, yeah, the tragedy of like a, kind of actually having your heart crushed a few times and going, uh, oh, this isn't fun actually. Yeah. I just didn't sort of realise. <laughs> yeah, this is a bummer. This really is a bummer. He, yeah,
1: He would have been uh, great to have there though, especially at that point because oh. he's had such a big career and he's had the in the limelight everywhere and yep. then i i kind of get the impression he's in the perfect place now where he can just get on with what he wants to do Absolutely. everyone still loves him yep he still has a profile but he's probably you know eating at a cafe and fine totally that's yeah. a,
0: that's a very good um a very good description i feel like because the the way this came about was that i was on tour with mark yeah around australia um, was that
1: your first big kind of tour? Or? That was
0: my first big support tour for yeah. anyone. Um, you know, I'd always kind of wanted to be not just one-off supports. Like I'd done a lot of one-off supports for big artists that I was so happy about, yeah. but I really wanted to follow someone around right. the country on yeah. tour. And Learn. I ended up doing that. Yeah, I learned so much. I ended yeah. up doing that maybe three times in total with Mark, with, you know, the Diesel with uh, Diesel as a band, but yeah. then also like uh, Diesel solo. And yeah. it was very... It was so amazing because I watched the show every night without fail, and I had the best time. And Mark was so so kind to me, like not in the way that you hear a lot of like those rock and roll artists from his generation who can be very um, dismissive of of young women right. in music or right. whatever. He was not, he was the opposite of that. He was so so kind, and and he just said, you know, well, if you ever want to record together. And I was like, yes, I do. Let's do that now. Uh, yeah. so it was it was really perfect. And he was a great person to have around, not only because he's an amazing guitarist. So a lot of the guitar work on there, in fact, I think probably all of the guitar work on there is him. Wow. Um, the all the lead stuff. Um, but also just just a, a very encouraging person. Like yeah. he always I'd go, oh, you know should i play this rhythm guitar part or maybe you should play it cuz you'll be you'll be better at it and he was like no it's your record i want you to be on it you know i want yeah. you to be on it as much as you can and he was very very kind to me i'm so i felt very very privileged to be under his wing
1: i'm telling you here and now there are women my age that i'm friends with that are going to be rapt to hear that story <laughs> cuz they still love him so much and still oh, have that you know that of decades course. old crush so of and when you hear stories like that it, there's this like it's like, I knew I was right liking him <laughs> all these years. So that story is going to go down a treat.
0: That's so funny. It's it's true. With A lot of the women at the shows, they, they go a bit nuts. Some of them, yeah. they're like, I have children now and this is my one night. Yes. To be a teenager again And they put on their leather pants And they yep. put on their stilettos And I'm like, go off I get yep. so excited for them They yep. get very drunk Yes <laughs> And it's very fun
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, Pulling out, uh, hoping that they can still get shakers yes, things Yes, like absolutely
0: that, right? That's exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's really cute um, So uh, the, the two big singles from that album uh, Late Night Girl and High Tide were fantastic But my favourite song was Too Late
0: Oh yeah, I
1: really love that. And there was something uh, about it that when I was listening to it, because uh, the way I was listening to the albums was just, you know, like you're meant to do it yep. in the dark with headphones on. Perfect. Right? <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it.
1: Uh, it. It sounded cinematic to me. Like oh, it felt thank like you. it could have been as part of something. Oh. And so I was wondering, like, a. Uh, Is that something that you would ever go into? Like if you were given the opportunity to write songs for a movie or create a a score, is that something that you'd be keen to check out? I would
0: love to do that. And I've, I've, you know, in the... multiple musician biographies that i've uh read a lot of them talk about having those opportunities in their career i think carol king maybe tom petty bruce springsteen a lot of them have done that sort of thing in their life i would love to do that and i definitely can um see that song in a movie and it is we did really want to create that atmosphere of it being this really sweeping cinematic kind of um love affair that that just happens too late, you know. You yeah. just you just miss out on being with a person because yeah. you met them too late. And sometimes yeah. that sometimes you meet the right person at the wrong time. At the wrong time, yeah.
1: And sometimes you meet the wrong person at the right time. That is and, true. And then, and then you end up dating them, and you go, "Oh no, yeah. no! I, I confused the timing. <laughs> it was good timing, but you're the wrong person." Oh, yes.
0: Oh my God, that's I feel that very much.
1: That is a uh, that's an interesting. Uh, people don't kind of talk about that. Like sometimes sometimes something just doesn't work out yeah. and, and it's it's not anyone's fault. Yeah. It's just – it, it's a very hard thing to – because a heartbreak is so personal. Yeah. So to kind of be able to look around and just go, oh, they're, they've got this going on, yeah. which is legitimate to yeah. them, and I've got this going on, which is legitimate to me, but they're – pressing against each other. Yes. And it's just not going to work.
0: That's so true. Yeah. As a person, I don't really believe that... Like, I don't necessarily believe that things happen for a reason. I think people say that a lot. They're like, things happen for a reason. I'm like, I don't fucking think they do. I think sometimes (gasps) shit just happens. I think that is more of an accurate... Not that I know, not that any of us know, but I think that's more of an accurate way of describing life. Like, rather than kind of trying to assign a meaning to everything, like, sometimes shit just happens. Sometimes it's just not... There's no reason behind it necessarily. It just happens and it's just part of life.
1: Yeah, I I think you – well, you know, we're – as humans, we're conditioned to look for patterns and things, you know, from from, uh, back in Neanderthal days, you know, when you'd see a tree and you'd be like, there's a face in that tree. (laughs) It's a spirit talking to (laughs) me, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think we do – you just kind of end up in these uh, situations and – yeah it's fascinating because the timing is such a because sometimes people are weighed down by their lives yeah and they, and they can't for whatever reason, whatever it is, whether it's work, another relationship yeah. or or uh they've got plans that they're that they're halfway through yeah and they can't get out from it
0: yeah and that's then, so true.
1: And it just doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a – yeah, and I, I think a lot of my songs touch on that sort yeah. of stuff as well. It's, it's, you know, it's just humanity. Like sometimes you just you, – it's just not the right timing for something to happen and that doesn't – like you said, doesn't mean it's anyone's fault.
1: No, no, no one's fault. I remember once at a gig I was talking about how um, – this is a while back, but I was talking about how you should never act on a crush. <laughs> like because <laughs> like, a crush is magical. Oh, like, that's so, so true. you So you should, you should go for the person you're really into. Yes, or maybe you should give it a go with someone you're not really into, because if it if it turns to shit, who who cares? The stakes are low. But the when it's a crush, oh. there's something there's something a bit magical about it, and, yep. a, and a crush invariably, from my POV, all it takes is for them to sort of out of nowhere just one day say, "I voted for Tony Abbott," and you go, for "You fucked it, you <laughs> fucked it." Ah,
0: damn it! I think about this all the time. <laughs> what are the things that someone could say to me that I could be like so in love with them, and then immediately just be like, "Oh
1: no!" Well, so something as simple as um, you know, I don't read. Oh my god! You know, oh my god! Like it's simple. What? To, I've, yeah, I've been on uh, years ago. Went on a date with a girl who told me she's not into music.
0: Oh, I, and I was I going to be. I was going to say that next. Yeah, I've had people say that to me. What does that mean? They're like, I don't. I don't really. I don't like. I don't really like music. I'm like, what do you...
1: Like, Like, who are you? Are you an alien? Yeah. Where are you... What? Do do you have, like, really super sensitive ears? So, the rest of that sentence should be, I don't like the sound of nature. And (laughs) I don't like, you know, (laughs) the sound of wind. You know, I I just, like, I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me
0: whatsoever. I'm like, how can this be? It'd, It'd be the same if... Basically, it would have the same effect as if somebody was like, I... Run a multi level marketing scheme. Like it would just be, that's basically the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I enjoy anyone who's into what they're into. Yeah. Uh, you know, hang on a sec. Like if they said they were into hunting, I'd be like, oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. But anyway, but for, for, yeah. for the broad concept, yeah. I went and saw. Uh, by, by the time this podcast comes up, I'm sure I'll have mentioned this about nine times, but um, I went and saw the movie Babylon with a friend oh, cool. and um, it's a hot mess. Yeah. It's three hours and 10 minutes and it's a hot mess. Oh my God. But I, my friend and I, we had a really great time oh, good. because it was ambitious and it went for it. And, it, you know, <laughs> cool. it, not all of it worked and it was yep. way too long, yep. but there oh, was still was lots of things within it yeah. that yeah. I still really enjoyed. And the audacity yes. to make that film was so much more entertaining to me than something that was painted by numbers. Yes. But one of the things I was fascinated with was where we were sitting was uh, just above the exit. And I watched seven couples over the course of the movie leave. Oh, my God. And three of the couples, the woman stopped at the step and look back and watch for a little bit and then went down. Oh my God. And there was, so there was just this, so this is getting back to passions and things that you're into. Like I wanted, like if I could have stopped the movie and run down and said, Hey, why are you leaving? And then I reckon like I'm taking a guess, but I reckon it was the guy most of the time. And I, I would, I wanted to say like, even, even on a shallow level, can't you just enjoy looking at Margot Robbie? Yeah. Like, can't you just Just, enjoy looking at Brad Pitt?
0: Yeah. Or just like maybe, I mean, this is obviously assuming that they didn't do this already, but like make sure that your partner doesn't want to stay for
1: it or whatever. Like, that's like, very annoying. Oh yeah, can't you fuck off and yeah, leave you, her there? Like, I'll she, stay
0: here with my fucking iced coke. Yeah.
1: Like shut up. Yeah, you go down <laughs> and get on your phone and go, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna look at the other things. Like anyway.
0: <laughs> no. So I find that makes me mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes me mad as well. Yeah. But it also made me love the movie more. Probably I love more it. than it deserves.
0: I love that. No, that's great. So I'm standing
1: great. by this film. I'm gonna
0: now. go see it now. I should. I should see it.
1: Yeah, look, let me Reiterate. It's a hot mess, (laughs) but but it's it's also great. It's
0: it's it's maximalist. All right.
1: Even the silence is is turned up to ten. Do you know what I mean? All
0: right. I love that. That'll be fun. Just make sure you go to the toilet beforehand.
1: Great. (laughs) Um, So something that I was curious about with uh, your recent releases is it's been more EPs and singles. Yes. And uh, so this is kind of a a two-part question, but is is there a reason for that or is that just the way that it's worked?
0: Honestly, um, kind of I guess there's a few reasons. The first being the most the most candid sort of response is money. Like it's right. I'm a now I'm independent artist. So the first two records I released were we so Love and Lovely Lies and Collide were made with Universal Music. That's when right. I was signed to Universal Music. And once my contract with them ended I have been independent since then and obviously right. with COVID and everything that's happened, sometimes, you know, obvi- I mean, from a money perspective, it is easier to make EPs, obviously, just because they are far shorter than yeah. full records um, and singles, but it also, there's other reasons for it too. Um Given that we were very quickly thrown into COVID, um, after I'd, I'd sort of made these the songs that were going to become the making of me and Bastards EPs, yeah, I'd made those songs sort of at the very start of 2020, and we were very quickly we were in COVID, right? And we just thought, you know, I think it's probably best that we uh, use this material and spread it over a couple of years, get mm-hmm. us out of this, you know, situation, because I knew that unfortunately. I wasn't really going to be able to tour. I yeah. thought I was towards the end, you know, more 2021 times and then it, you know, yeah. died in the, as of course, as everything does yeah. um, in COVID. But so there are a few reasons for it. And I guess um, it's also just because they were little snapshots of the time period. and And sometimes it's like, no, this is a little parcel in itself. And I could write more songs and sort of, or I, I had plenty of songs in the bank, I could have added more, but it's like, it feels like a parcel in itself. Mm. It's like a little... It's done, but I am currently writing for a new record, so that's kind of exciting—a new full record, which yeah. is which is my will be my first full one since 2018. So a lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I wondered if it was part of the, uh, you know, because you've been prolific as well, oh, thank and you. so there's, you know, like. Uh, uh, it, it it keeps you out there more well that's the other part which of the is reason great. yeah absolutely
0: yeah. it's like you can you can release an ep more frequently than yeah. you can release an album yeah. um so it kind of felt like ah oh, here's a little taster this year and then there's yeah. a little taste of next year and rather than going here's 12 songs and then I'll be quiet for the next 2 years you know yeah. um i like to sort of release stuff as much as i can but um yeah it also feels like a world of singles and EPs now like it yeah. it's a bit of a shame because I do love the full record but I also love being able to stay current and on people's minds right. putting out a single and going this is you know, this This is a song that represents me right now and then yeah. it's kind of a bridging the gap between this record and this n- new record, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, the, the second part of that is because, you know, uh, I listened to both EPs back to back uh, and that was the making of me and Bastards and I don't know about you but to me they felt like they could have been two sides of the same album. Totally. Uh, so it, it was interesting because you still have uh, – the same integrity from all the stuff that you were making as, a, as a much younger <laughs> person. Uh, but suddenly it's a little bit rockier. It's a little bit more uh, indie pop. Yeah. Um, was that a conscious decision or was that – is that your dad just kind of popping through <laughs> and you looking and you're going, well, that just happened. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I yeah. mean, honestly, it was never something – I never set out to go – I will evolve from this record to this record yeah. into a different genre. But it has just naturally happened to me uh just based on what I what the music I love and yeah. and I think the pop thing for me has always been a massive part like I've always loved pop music. Right. I'm such a pop fanatic. Um but I always was like ashamed of it like it was a dirty word or something oh, like I right. couldn't I don't know if it has to do with like I don't know, when you're in school and you... you Like I ha- had a lot of like male friends in school and I, I felt a bit like maybe it was uncool, pop music was uncool yeah. and everyone un- thought Taylor Swift was so uncool and I was like oh I actually really love that yeah. but maybe I can't be open about it because maybe I need to be like inverted commas cool yeah. um, but I have never been cool and I'm not about to start, I'm nearing 30, it's too late for that, I'm not interested. Hang so on I'm a
1: I'm sec, <laughs> you, 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 you're a couple of years off.
0: I'm a couple of uh, years yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying I'm never. close to 30 for like 5 years, yeah, I don't I was know about what's to wrong say, with me
1: like, don't, don't round up. <laughs> i round up always, ra- always round down. Yep. Always right up and until you're 29 you know and yep. you, there's a couple of hours before it that's clicks over point. to your birthday you are 29 <laughs> that's
0: a good point thank you for thank you for reminding me of this because i do i i do the dirty on myself all the time, all the time in that regard but yeah i think i just was afraid of it i was like yeah. afraid of embracing it and something something clicked in me and i was like why am i hiding this i love pop music i yeah. love synth i love the 80s i yeah. love taylor swift i love yeah. all these new artists that are like coming out of the woodwork that are you know just embracing all these old and new elements of pop and then the rock thing probably just comes from all those roots you know yeah. um and combining the two feeling like you know i can get on stage and like sort of like just shake everything loose and just really scream into the mic and make it really big and rocky but then i can also kind of do these very um you know have these synth tracks going yeah. and ha- you know it's it's just a really fun combo for me yeah
1: well, you know, it's uh, uh, getting back to uh, the, you know releasing EPs and singles because yeah. I I really loved I got dumped for Christmas. Oh my god! I thank thought, you. I thought it was fantastic, <laughs> and it, it, it really sounds like a you like when if, if for people who haven't listened to it, go and check it out because it's it sounds like a perfect English rock pop Christmas song. <laughs> Do you know thank what I mean? You. Like it's, it sounds like it, but then it's also got your lyrics in it, and it's thank got you, you know and. That's what you were talking about, basically, isn't yeah. it? All these different influences coming together.
0: Exactly. That's such yeah. a great song. Oh, thank you so much. That was such a fun song to write. We yeah. literally just... No- Phil Barton and I wrote that song. We knocked it out within, I think, maybe two hours. It was done. We were like, yep, cool. Oh, great. Good. <laughs> I love stories like that. It's so fun. Yeah. It never happens like that. Like, I find it rarely happens like that, especially if I'm writing by myself. But right. we both just went... I walked into the room. I was like, I've got an idea. I think we should write a Christmas song. And I think it should be called I Got Done For Christmas. Christmas and he was like, "Oh, this is great!" We yeah. just immediately we were right on top of
1: it. It's so fun. Thank it's you. It's a really fun song. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll I'll only hit you with a few more questions, That's and we'll okay. get into uh, you know your favorite albums of twenty twenty two and awesome. what uh, some of the listeners were uh, suggesting. But um, uh, getting back to your writing, it's uh, it's really honest and powerful. And Thank I wondered you. if uh, have there been times when you second guess yourself and you think, "Am I putting too much out there, or do you sometimes listen to a song and think, "Damn, I thought I really went for it, but I actually could have gone a step further
0: I've done both of those things yeah. um i think I think with I've always been a chronic over sharer like right. i just I've always kind of loved to be self deprecating and dorky and laugh at myself and share like at my gigs generally um my original shows I'm very like open with people and yeah. um, and I kind of – I love that so I like my songs to reflect that and I try to quell the fears of of thinking, oh, you're sharing too much because to me, like Joni Mitchell said, the closer you get to your heart is the closer you get to everyone else's. yeah So like if you are just being so honest with yourself, it's very easy for other people to see themselves in it and to, to feel – Really connected to the song, yeah. so I try to quell those feels, but fears. But occasionally I go like, "Is this too much? I don't know. I don't, I don't know anymore. It's <laughs> I've hard, lost a sense of
1: it. I'm not sure. Well, then also, like uh, it, that, that's such a great uh, quote from Joni Mitchell, and yeah. it's and it's funny because um, you know. Like sometimes you can put something out there Mm. and someone will criticize you for it and they'll be like, oh, that's too much. I can't believe you did that. (laughs) And then, and they'll be, and you'll be like, oh. But then, weirdly, that might also be the thing that four other people have said, oh, that really touched me.
0: Exactly. And that really
1: meant a lot to me. So sometimes, sometimes even someone being negative says more about them than them not feeling comfortable with it than it is. With what you're doing, and and in in a way, it's still done its job, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. It's also a bit like if you have if you don't like it, that's that's fine. Yeah. Like you know, just don't don't listen to it. Yeah. That's also okay. Like well, maybe
1: don't tell me. Too. Yeah, maybe
0: don't tell me. I, that's I have a, a post it note stuck up on my <laughs> bedroom wall that says, um, "I'll I'll only basically paraphrasing um, a quote from." Brene Brown's book um, *Daring Greatly*, where she says, you know, it's a, she quotes a, um, a Roosevelt quote where she's saying like, um, "What's the quote? It's something about like, I will only take advice from people who are out in the arena getting their ass kicked on a daily right, basis." Right, you know, yep. same as me. You know, yep. like if I'm putting something out there yep. and someone sits back on their armchair and goes, "Oh." You know that's really shit. You know what yeah. you put out there is really shit. It's like, all right, mate, let's see yours then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the movie The Menu? No. Can I ruin a little bit? Please. There's. <laughs> I a, love spoilers. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. There, there's a there's a there's a foodie in it, like cool. a really full yep. on guy foodie who who pontificates about food Great. and blah 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 blah. Anyway, to cut to the crux of what I want to tell you is uh, the the chef gets him up in front of everyone to cook a meal for us. Oh, I love that and so much. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, the amount of assholes." And oh. I would love to go, okay, I'm going to take you down to perform to oh. 500 people and I want you to do a type five. Oh my and God. And then I'm going to sit there and... Judge you. <laughs> choke on my Schadenfreude. Oh my That's God. That's what I'm going to do. Honestly,
0: this is... I feel this so much as a musician. And then yeah. I look at people who do stand-up comedy and I'm like... That is literally the most out there you can put yourself, I think, in my mind. And it is terrifying to me. And the, the heckling is way worse as well. Like, we yeah. get heckling in music, but, like, I feel like the heckling in comedy is so much worse.
1: It's... Uh, uh <laughs> I'm going to knock on wood before I say this. It's not as bad as it used to be. Okay. And I'm lucky that I was too young and naive when I started to realize how bad it could okay, be.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. Do you,
1: like if I yeah. if I'd started with any more life experience, I would have like what the fuck? I'm What's not happening? doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there People. are there are times when you think, "Oh man, I wish I had a guitar that I could just plug in and play over but the top just of someone." Stop.
0: Yeah, just yeah, I sometimes god, there's there's been some But
1: but been sometimes, yeah. But there is there is a people not liking your stuff's fine, yeah. And also, uh, like, there's a difference between constructive criticism and of course someone kind of revealing more about themselves. But I'm just yeah. also, I don't know, I I err on the side of I'll be positive to yeah. someone about stuff. Totally. But I, I, I have these visions of one day just snapping and then just walking down the street going, I don't like your head. What's wrong with your <laughs> eyes? Look at those jeans. You're this like is, a fucking... This is
0: really giving um the invention of lying, that movie oh, where yes. no one can lie. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly... Sometimes I just think how how fun. How fun would that be? That would be just nice to get some <laughs> shit off the chest
1: now and again. Um, the... Oh, the... Oh, so, the song First Class Man was beautiful. Thank you. And... Uh, got to work with Colin Hay. Yes. So, oh. that's such a beautiful and personal song and I don't know if you would like to talk about it. You can t- talk about it as much as you like. Thank you. Um, but uh, w- what's the most important thing? Because I guess you learned a lot from Colin. Yes. But what's what's the thing that probably stands out the most?
0: Honestly, I think writing with Colin was so important to me because he is just, I think... You know, just a person that is so open with you know, he's so kind and mm. welcoming to me. I, I had never met him. It was the right writing session was set up through a mutual friend of ours, Georgia Mooney. Right. And um I I just walked in there absolutely shitting myself because yes. I was like, This is my hero. I've listened to Overkill probably more than fifty thousand oh, times in yeah. my life. It's yeah. one of my favourite songs. It's the song I listened to that made me first realise that maybe I had anxiety. Like, I listened to that song and I was like, oh, I think this song is about anxiety. Like, and that's how I feel.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All the
0: time. Like it was a pretty big deal for me to write with him. I was so excited. But he, was, he just uh, immediately in the room made me feel like, he was not colin Hay, big deal songwriter, yeah. amazing iconic performer. He was just a friend, like hearing out my story of losing right. my musical director, guitarist to suicide and hearing me talk about it he just he just listened and was just a friend in that moment yeah and and to to be able to be so disarming that you can just kind of make someone feel that comfortable and open is why the song turned out so well, because... I didn't feel like I couldn't say anything. I I didn't feel like I was sitting there going, yes, anything you say, Colin, because I'm terrified and I really admire you. I felt like I could say everything that I wanted to say and and he was really open with me. It was just a really open and vulnerable scenario and it made me think, yes, this is why this man is such an amazing songwriter because he is just very real. He is a very real person with how he feels and he lets other people... In his presence be that way too.
1: And just uh it also uh, reinforces why he's so beloved. Like, oh. you know, you like he it's you know, like that moment when he turned up in Scrubs, you oh. know, and you were like,
0: that What? It's <laughs> the most amazing version of that song, too. It's just yeah. truly like I love that version probably as much as I love the original. I probably yeah. prefer the Scrubs version. Yeah. It's just so um it's his voice is like it just, it feels like it's hitting you right in a nerve. Like, yeah. I don't know if you feel that way when you listen to him, but I just can't um, hear his voice without, especially when he goes up the octave in the right. end of Overkill. Yes, like, I yes. can't get this slip. Oh man, kills me every yeah. time.
1: It's um, it, it, There's nothing better than a song making your chest feel like oh. it's about to kind of just stretch out and, and broaden and you can, feel a, you can feel your lungs pressing against your ribs and it's yep. uh, such a... Uh, beautiful feeling
0: goosebumps like yeah. every time yeah that's yeah. that's the most amazing amazing experience and, and that's how i feel about colin and he's he's just been so supportive and he also did not have to agree to put his voice on the track i right. i said to him you know we've written this song together i am recording it no pressure but if you would like to be on the track i would I would die, essentially, yeah. is what I said. I didn't say it quite like that. I was more diplomatic. But he said – he just was like, yeah, sure, give it – like, I'll, you know, I'll send you something back. And there's a call and response <laughs> – I just said, I will perish if you do this. Yeah. Um, but he sent it back and there was a call and re- – there's a call and response sort of part where he sings basically as as Glenn, who is the, the subject of the song, Glenn yeah. Hanna – And he says, I never meant to leave you. It was out of my hands. Yeah. That was not in the original song that we wrote. Oh, really? I I know, right? I know, right? Yeah, that's so good. Wow. You should have seen it. We sent the song off to him without that in it. And we said, please do whatever you want to it. Like put harmonies in, sing anything you want. He put all the harmonies in. and, And when it got to that part in the song and I wasn't expecting it and his voice came in like like Glenn from Beyond the Grave. yeah, And it just, I, all the hair stood up on my arms and the back of my neck. And I was listening with my mum and dad who both love Colin Hay. And we went, oh my God, he sent back the mix. He sent back the mix. We're sitting there listening to it. And that came in and my mum and dad and I all just looked at each other and my eyes filled with tears. It was honestly one of the most profound experiences musical experiences of my life just in my lounge room you know uh
1: for everyone listening uh Imogen just watched all the hairs on my arm (laughs) stand up as she just told me that so that (laughs) is uh, if if you have not heard the song go and have a listen to it and keep that in mind because it's already a beautiful song and that he added that's like
0: oh thank yeah thank you I really that's great thank you yeah that was just an amazing addition I was like I can't believe he, it was like he just thought of it like it was nothing. And in his email, he was like, I hope it's okay that I – I'm like, I hope, it's okay. I hope it's okay. it's like my favourite part of the song now. <laughs> yeah.
1: What a delight.
0: Oh, such now, a delight.
1: He's a, he's another one of those uh, people that, you know, everyone knows that he's great, but you just keep hearing great stories and oh, everyone's like,
0: yes. I've never heard a bad word about him. I like,
1: knew I was right to love him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, one last question for you. So artists love to take wild swings at some point within their career. If you could throw caution to the wind and I'm, I'm giving you full production, I'm giving you everything that you need at your disposal, which musical genre would you love to tackle?
0: Oh, that's so fun. I would love to sing like a whole jazz classics record or really? something. Like, yeah. Because I'm not a big jazz person, I have to say. But I love. You're
1: too young for jazz, I right? <laughs> you're like, let's get back <laughs> to you in about twenty years' yeah. time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Exactly. It's always it, it does always feel like it's people <laughs> yeah. in the like the latter parts of their career are like maybe yeah. it's time for jazz yes. in my yeah. life. <laughs> um, but I do love jazz. Like I love. Um, I don't love every kind of jazz, but I love the kind of jazz that is like the old timey jazz with vocals, like oh, yeah. all of those old, um, really fun songs to sing. Like, um, my dad and I always used to sing the, I can't think of who originally did it, but it's the old classic. That's like, ho, 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 who's got the last left now. It's like a oh, beautiful yeah, old yeah. song. Anyway, it's, it, they all laughed. I think it's called, And, um, I just would love to do like an album of jazz standards. I feel like that would be so weird and fun.
1: (laughs) That'd be so fun. That's great. Yeah. That's a good good answer. I've been uh, just listening to the Chet Baker album. Chet Baker Sings, It Could Happen to You. And that's, uh, you know, I quite like. That's so fun. And when we talk about favourite albums from last year, there's a little, there's almost like a call and response. But, you know, I kind of, Uh, sometimes it's quite nice to have that uh, lounge, lounge loungy kind of music in the background while you're doing things. Absolutely. And it's quite relaxing. It's so relaxing. This year's been so tense. Yes. It's like I need to, sometimes it's fun to lean into music that feeds that. That's right. And then there's times when you need to eat (laughs) the shit out, right? (laughs) Very true. Very true. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, i Desperately want that to happen now.
0: <laughs> Me too. Now, All now right. I'm like, oh, now you've put it in my head. I got to do this.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, let's discuss our five favorite albums of 2022. Uh, I need to. So, I listened to heaps. Yeah. But I I ended up um, I, I cheated on one album. It's a it's a reissue. Cool. And like, there's albums like a like I really loved the Bjork album, but oh. it came out at a time where. I didn't have a lot of, once again, that's someone that I want to listen to. And sure. so, I only had a couple of times to listen to it. And I I don't know why. There's no rules. Yeah, but yeah, for some yeah. reason, I felt like I was cheating by no, putting this, her in when I hadn't listened to it oh enough. God,
0: this is your game. You can cheat if you yeah, want to. Sure. Yeah, sure. Thank, thank you. It's your party. Thank you. Can cry you can if you want
1: to. So, uh, but I'm kind of looking at it and uh, th- 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 I was like, God, I, th- I really feel like I'm a middle-aged man. But anyway, <laughs> we'll... Um, but you, since you're the guest, uh, do you, uh, we'll, we'll alternate. So, do you want to tell me? Sure. your uh, We'll go from five to one.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I will. I'm not sure what order mine are in, but I will just I will give a rough order. Yeah, sure. Um, cool. So I had written here. Um, uh, the uh, is it EP allowed? Is an EP yeah, allowed? absolutely. Okay, okay yeah. good. I was if hoping I've, it would if I've be. got
1: a reissue, you, you're allowed great. an EP. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> because I had written Thelma Plum, her Mianjin EP okay. that came out this year, yeah. which I uh, which I love, and I also wrote. When I wrote Mianjin, uh, my phone auto-corrected it to Mean Jim, which oh, I thought right. was probably a really cool name for an EP as well. So right. I thought I would include that. Hold but yeah, on to that, that for yourself. Yes, absolutely. That's the next yeah. name of my next record. Um, but Mianjin, yeah, it was great. Like such an amazing... I mean, I love Thelma Plum and I, I probably saw her so many times last year. I think I saw her like three times in the one year, which is, which is a lot, um, a lot for, you know, for an artist on the same tour cycle. Um, but I just love her. I think she's an incredible singer songwriter and, and I love that she kind of runs this cool line between folky and really like modern pop in her production. So yeah, that's definitely one. Have you ever
1: followed an artist around?
0: No, right? No, like you know, mean just as a fan, like going yeah. to shows. I have not, but yeah. I would love to do that with like Springsteen or something. I'd yeah. love to follow Springsteen around the world.
1: I had a cracking UK holiday a long time ago now, uh, and this will actually—I'll I'll tell you my number five, and then I'll okay. lead into it. Yep, yep, yep. So the number five was David Bowie, Divine Symmetry, which Ooh, is the reissue great. of Hunky Dory and breaking it down. I love that album. <gasps> and Amazing, hearing the different bits and pieces and where songs come from, and
0: that's very cool.
1: It's always fascinating to hear, you know, when you know a song so perfectly and then yeah. you hear a lyric and you go, oh, that's not right. Oh, that's yeah. what the lyric was oh first. God. Oh,
0: my God, that's so wild. Yeah. How great for like really avid fans that yes. you can just be like, you can really sink your teeth in. Yeah. That's
1: so, great. So the, back in 2003, I saw Bowie four times, in once in Dublin, twice in London, once in Glasgow, and I managed to squeeze in Radiohead oh as well. Oh, my God. So those were the five concerts in like eight days.
0: That is Insane. And I
1: came home pretty energised. <laughs> you are like <laughs> I am really ready good.
0: to live my life. Yeah, yeah. That's but incredible. It,
1: it's fun. I, I like seeing artists, if I know they change their set lists a lot, I, yep. if you can, if you know, it, it probably won't happen that much now, but when I was younger, it's like I'd go like two or three nights in a row. Yeah. Like I'd see Pearl Jam two or three nights in oh. a row to get, you know, because then, yeah. the, you know, they were notorious for, here's a song from... Uh, an EP we did with Neil Young. Oh, my and God. Well, this is the first time we're playing it on this oh. tour. And you sit there and you go, yes, I'm glad I came again. That, see,
0: that's that's the sort of artist I want to be as well, like give yep. people something a bit different each time and, yep. and so they can come to multiple shows and yep. make you – Jason Isbell, actually, who I was talking about before yep. recently, Jeremy, my manager, and I were in Nashville and we caught his like nine – evening residency at the right. Ryman yeah. um, and it was amazing because apparently people, some people came for like all nine shows, some people yeah. came for a couple, some people just came for one and in our show we were like, we have no idea what we're going to get, you know, yeah. and, and he played like a few really obscure album tracks that we were like wow I never thought I would hear this live yeah. and it was truly an emotional it was a spiritual experience <laughs> yeah
1: what's the what's the craziest thing you've done with your set list have you ever opened with a song that you would normally close with or vice versa
0: yeah I think we've done a bit of that like we've opened with closes we've closed with opens we've kind of like thrown we've I think I've closed with like high tide before which right. is a weird closer because it's obviously so like slow and introspective yeah. and normally you wouldn't do that but i think like depending on the crowd sometimes you yeah. just do weird shit and it's yeah. especially if it's just a solo show because yeah. like the band doesn't have to i don't have to throw them in the deep end right. although i do that sometimes as well yeah
1: yeah because <laughs> it's fun yeah but it, it, and it, it's in the moment you're reading yeah. it and you're going it's uh this has been it, like this has been this type of concert and i reckon i'm gonna finish with something really soft and yep, i this reckon gonna they're gonna go be off. right into it yep
0: exactly yeah. exactly yeah,
1: great. All right, what's your nominal number four?
0: Okay, so I'm going to say um, Maggie Rogers' yep. Surrender. Okay. This record is Maggie being – I'm not sure how familiar you are with Maggie no. Rogers. She, I love her so much. Amazing American singer-songwriter, producer, and she um, is a very kind of right in that pop meets rock world yep. that I love and, and want to be in myself. And so sh- this record has provided a lot of – um, inspiration for me In writing my next record right. So I listened to it and, and she's kind of A full-blown pop star At this point Her most Recent record Before that Was very um, Right on the cusp Of sort of Oh I'm I'm still a bit Of an indie folk Artist But then this record Was like Nah I'm a full pop star yeah. And I'm going to wear A fully sequined dress In my music videos And I'm going to be Dancing down the street Of New York And David Byrne's Going to pop yeah. in And cameo Like it's just a full-on it's a It's a great She's great.
1: And her fans have been up for this change? Yeah. Because it, it, it's it's fascinating because, you know, as someone who is uh, interested in the history of music, et cetera, like it, it's crazy to think back, like, everyone calling Dylan Judas because he's playing electric.
0: That is the funniest thing to me, thinking back. Like, I know it's a product of the times, but it's like... How wild is that to like, expect an artist to not – and people booing Joni when she tried jazz. Yeah. It's like she's done so many albums already. Like, do you th- expect her to just be the same person forever? Like, it's well, wild. They do. It's amazing to me. Yeah,
1: and, and to the the personal affront <laughs> yeah. to yeah. it. But it's but I also – I, I kind of get you You got to – you got to give something to the audience yeah. but i'm also like, like you know this is an
0: attack on me personally i'm taking offense to the fact that like the you know this person has chosen to evolve with their art and this is personally yeah. attacking me
1: well the, the person i'm going to mention for number four once said uh they were hosting rage uh so number four was elvis costello and the imposters oh. the boy named if i love oh my elvis. he's been, you know, a constant companion since I was, uh, you you know, um, so I always, as a kid, uh, when Countdown was on, uh, I uh, I loved the song Oliver's Army, but you know, this this is back in the day when, you know, I was young, didn't have any money, and you'd you'd hear the song on the radio, oh yeah, I love that song, but the, I was listening to the radio one day, and uh, I Want You came on from Blood and Chocolate, and I was like what I need to go and buy this oh, and awesome. uh have he's been a constant kind of companion but uh so I really love this album and he's always interesting and he's always you know he, he's definitely a mood guy oh. and, and as a lyricist is always interesting because he writes from different yeah. perspectives and uh uh have you seen and, him live Yes oh. yes yes oh you, and so two things uh, one is uh he's they're re-releasing the in a box set the album he did with Burt Bacharach oh which really is phenomenal I so, love Burt Bacharach Oh so yeah much. yeah. so do I Oh yeah. my god yeah. grew
0: up on those songs yeah they're yeah. so good That's amazing um
1: and so it was with Bacharach that he was oh. doing anyone who had a heart and Oh all that. of course I forgot it but, yeah But um I once saw him so he was so I've seen him a number of times, uh, but once he was meant to come to Adelaide and he ended up getting sick, cancelled his last two shows and then oh. went on to Japan and, you know, you just go, well, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. That's a bit shit, but what yeah, are you going to do? You sure. know, but then he came back and where he was originally performing in Adelaide, well, the venue was fine, yeah. but he ended up performing at the State Theatre for the wow. follow-up and oh. it was just him and Steve Naive. Oh, and Steve Naive. You know when you love an artist yeah. and there's songs that you hope to hear? Yeah. And then there's songs that you think I probably won't hear that, but I it would be oh. great if I heard that. Oh. And then he finished off so he did three lots of encores and he pulled out a song that uh I wasn't even on my list of he probably won't do it, but I'd love to hear it. He oh. just and it was uh couldn't call it unexpected number four oh from Mighty Like a Rose. Oh and my they, he, he, they took the mic out of the piano and he took the microphone away. And so they did it. Because it's a state theatre. They did it raw. And you know when you're sitting there and you're going, I'm having a moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you're like, I may cry and everyone is going to see it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's actually funny because I've had a moment like that with Steve Naive. Oh, really? Sorry, not me with Steve Naive, but I've had a moment watching Steve Naive play at um, Largo in Los Angeles. And um, he had um, Ben Montenge get up from the Heartbreakers, from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and it was – I mean, like, not super uh, close to the death of Tom Petty, but it was not that long after the right. death. And they they played on the same piano, like, one up high, one down low. They did, like, a version of Learning to Fly. Uh, and it was one of the wow. most intense experiences of my life because I was just like, this is... Because Benmont sort of, it like, announced it as, like, you know, well... Last year, or whenever it was, like I lost, we lost the captain of our ship, and yeah. and it was just like, oh my god, like just the the specialness of it happening yeah. on. It's I love those moments when you're yeah. like, I'm so, I'm so lucky to be here, and I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? So beautiful. Well, uh, so uh, Elvis hosted uh, Rage once, and he what? said, "Yeah, um, uh, uh, you you can still be a fan of an artist and not like all of their work." Yeah. And it was good because at the time I had been trying to enjoy King of America and okay. I could I couldn't get into it at uh. the time. It was almost like um there's been there's been artists their albums like I listened to them at the wrong time. I didn't have the yes. the palette. Yep. So as a kid the Bowie's album Young Americans was yeah. my least favorite album. Yeah, because right. I didn't I didn't really have a taste for um uh, soul music and disco sure. and, that. and then once i got into that yeah and then i went back and listened to it i was like oh i i get it now
0: yes you know it's so great when you have that experience you're like oh, yeah. i'm i'm hearing this new you know yeah that's so cool and
1: yeah once again Les, we were saying you, you don't have to you know you don't no. have to get angry at someone you can say oh, you so know, this is not for me. There's an artist that's going to be coming up next. That when we get to it, but their their last two albums, I've gone not for me. Yeah, and then fair. this album, I was Which like, is, I'm back.
0: Hey, so fair, <laughs> it's so fine. fair, absolutely. All right.
1: Well, what's your number three?
0: Um, okay, I'm going to say um, Angel in Real Time by Gang of Youths. Yes. Um, so Gang of Youths, obviously, a really big influence on me, and kind of there's a bit of a story there as well because not only is the music really influential on me, but Dave, well, Pepe from Gang of Youths met me when I was maybe 15. He was graduated from a program that I was in at the time called Talent Development Project as a student. I now teach there, but they – or I guess consulting for them and stuff. And Dave was consulting at the time, so he had graduated. He's a little bit older than me. He was coming back to give advice. Gang of Youths did not yet exist. It was Dave's solo stuff. And um, he saw me play my little folk songs on the, on the acoustic guitar, picking away. And he was like, uh, have you ever heard of Joni Mitchell? And I was like, no. Right. And he – because I just was raised on rock. Like I didn't – my parents didn't really – it was just not part of yeah. my, um, you know, growing up music. And he was like, you need to go and buy an album called Blue. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I will do that. Yeah. And um, I did and it completely changed my whole life and and it, it is to this day one of my favourite albums of all time, probably my favourite album of all time and has changed everything about who I want to be as an artist and what yeah. I think is is possible in songwriting and and not that long ago I got to see Gang of yous you know, play their first arena tours in Australia and I got to – thank dave you know like i saw wow. him again and i was like i don't know if you remember me he was like of course i remember you and we had this lovely chat and i got to thank him in person for yeah that because i was like it changed my whole life now i do a Joni mitchell blue show like i do a whole show yeah it's so it's so much more important to me than i can even explain and he was so incredibly sincere and beautiful as he always is and was like oh i'm so glad to hear that like yeah and it's just truly one of those things where like had he not said that, like, I don't know whether I would have, when I would have found that record or when, you know, I just wasn't part of my life growing up.
1: Yeah, it's not part of the vocabulary. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, the the great thing is, is that uh, all art is there for you to find. Like, you know, sometimes people are a little bit apologetic. Like, you'll mention, like, a great movie. You'll say, oh, I haven't seen that, sorry. And you go, no, no, you don't have to say sorry. I'm really excited (laughs) for you that one day... If you choose, it's there for you. You can discover it. Uh, but I'm fascinated to wonder what he was – there must have been something that you did that he was like – he just yeah. kind of zeroed in on something in uh, your ability and what you were putting out there and going, I just – like, this is what she needs at this moment. Yeah. And that's a That's a very – generous gift to give very
0: someone generous gift. And he is like known as just being somebody who is incredibly personable and lovely. Um, and I think he's very good at reading people like that, which yeah. is amazing, but that yeah. Angel in real time has been a really beautiful record to me and a big influence on me again, in writing new stuff for myself, because it's a, it's a gorgeous record. It's very, not only does it have this sort of the signature gang of youths, um, anthemic, yes. beautiful, you know rich vocals yeah. incredibly sentimental lyrics yeah but it's just so um the story behind it is you know dave's um the passing of dave's father yeah. and it chronicles all of all of that and and what he went through kind of coming to terms with finding out about a lot of stuff about his father that he never knew and right. after his death and it's just a it's a beautiful record
1: yeah it's great isn't it yeah yeah it's, it. An, it's another one of those uh, uh i feel like it probably would have ended up on my list, but I've only listened to it a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I'm going to be a bit old man here, but one of my issues with music these days is not the music, but, you know, like listening through Spotify, it's easy for something to slip off your radar. So true, so true. You know, so that's why if I I own it, then I I see it and then I think I should listen to that. That is such a good point. You know, but it's, it's... you know through algorithms and things and suggestions and then suddenly it's like where did that like you yes. know some of the albums that i like churned through yeah in lockdown i have not listened to since lockdown because for, for whatever reason how funny. and i only just realized a couple of months ago yeah like, the last fiona apple oh. album which was magnificent fiona and, apple was amazing and that's a uh, childish gambino album that yes. sounded like a like it was him doing prince oh my god that's know? so true yes and, and i i loved it yeah i like, loved it yeah and then it just w- w- where did it go
0: yeah sometimes it's just you need it for a moment and then you just need a little break and yeah. then you come back to it later yeah. and you're like, oh that record that yeah. i played to death you know yeah it's so good it's that's the weird thing about it like that's me in the car like i normally i'll have things that i like i listen to this album all the time in the yeah. car and then i just need a break from it and then i go yeah. back to it yeah
1: was there an artist when you were a kid, just reminding me of, you know, you were talk, hanging out with boys and boys yeah. saying cat like pop songs and yeah. that. Was there, a, was there an artist that you didn't like and then one day you actually listened to them and went, oh, they're actually pretty good? And I say that yeah. as someone who, as a teenager, who was into Bowie and Costello yeah. and the Violent Femmes. Oh, I love Violent Femmes. And fems. they might be giants and, oh. you know, the Dead Milkmen and stuff like that. So all the kids at my school were into Chisel. Yes. so I was like, fuck Cold
0: Chisel. <laughs> and then
1: one day I listened to Cold Chisel and I was like, how good a Cold Chisel Oh, man. yes. Oh, my God.
0: It's so true. It is so true. I never actually – I think that I could potentially say that about Taylor Swift. I never hated her. I never – I just always listened to – for some reason, I guess when something is just so mainstream, yeah. it's, it's so in the public eye, people feel the need to hate on it, I guess, yeah. with everything. But um, I just – before I'd even heard any of her music, I just kept hearing – people say oh you know that song love story it's a love story baby just say yes oh my god like it's so like it's so mainstream it's so boring it's so pop you know pop is so easy to write all that sort of shit and i was like oh okay and i'd never even listened to it so i just jumped on the bandwagon being like yeah i'm sure it sucks sort yeah. of thing and then <laughs> i was in video easy sign of the yep, times yep. video easy <laughs> and um they they had a little screen yep. um on the wall where they played music videos and Love Story came on as a music video for that and I was like, Oh shit, this is so cool and catchy and fun. Yeah. I was like, I guess this is my like little secret now that I love Taylor Swift. Um and then as the years went on I was like, Life is too short to pretend you don't like music. Like I don't think that there is a single music I could call a guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure should not exist in music. Yep. They are, like, if you love music, you love music. Who yeah. gives a fuck what someone else thinks about whether that is cool or not yeah. is my general opinion on this.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, so my mum has pretty hardcore taste in music yeah. and often would listen to the music I'm listening to and go, ugh, uh, it's so <laughs> soft. Um, but uh, so we, we both have a, like, mildly ironic... Yep. ...but... The word to focus on there is mildly. Yep. But we, we kind of have a mildly ironic love of Barry Manilow. Oh, and, I love that. And uh, we went and saw him and we uh, I... I parted my hair on the side and wore a jumper with a shirt. Stop and it. And we, we, we dressed really conservatively. That is so cute. And we went so along cute. and we had a really good time and all the very nice people around us were like going, oh, aren't they a nice mother and son going <laughs> to see Barry Manilow and they have no <laughs> idea how hardcore my mum is. That's and
0: hilarious. I, I love that. But, that's you know, amazing.
1: We, we had a really good time.
0: That's great. That's so. But that's the thing. Like yeah. music has different purposes and like yes. I will never, like I am a bit of a... I just I I have a bit of hatred for the the cool guy musician like the kind yeah. of the person that like flicks their hair around is like I don't care about anything man I'm so cool I'm like I don't I hate that way of yeah. being like that's so in my opinion like caring about shit is the whole point of life yeah. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. else is there yeah. like if you love something love it and and why are you like pretending that you're having a terrible time or that you're hating this stuff that you might actually secretly like, like just like it, just, just be open about
1: liking it. But also, just writing something off, yeah. Like you know, uh, recently I had someone tell me that they hate all Hollywood movies, oh and it's God. like,
0: really, like all know,
1: Hollywood movies, all of them. Wow, like there's, like, what are you doing? You haven't even seen all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's a really good point as well. But do you know what I mean? It's like there's oh. there's, there's genres that I have preferences yeah, for, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I'll give. Like I'll give anything a go. Yeah, give it you know, a go. You so, know, sometimes, sometimes something can be. Sometimes something can be so exactly what you expected. Yeah, but done so well.
0: Exactly. You still
1: have a really good time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know? That's how I felt
1: about Top Gun Maverick. Oh, From the yes. from from the opening scene, yeah. I could tell you roughly how that was going to work out, and I got to the end. And you know what I had? Really good time.
0: Yes, a good <laughs> good you know, like it's very that's very true. And as my fa- as my favourite comedians, Leno and Woodley would say, Yeah, give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go.
1: Yep. Um, ah, Leno Woodley. Mm, we'll have to um, my favourites. Uh, right, we'll talk about Leno okay. Woodley afterwards. <laughs> uh, so number three was uh was Gang of Youth. Gang for of Youth, yep, yep, So uh number three for me was Arcade Fire. We Ooh. who the last two albums I just just not a fan. Just didn't work for me. Sure. I don't think they were bad albums. Yeah. But they just weren't for me. Yeah. This album seemed to go into a direction that I kind of resonated cool. a little bit more with. Um I I don't know how I feel about Win Butler. Sure. But I like their albums. Okay.
0: <laughs> that, that's that hey, that's very fair. That's yeah. very fair.
1: It's it, it's a very interesting. It's like it's um I've seen them live a couple of times and there's just these moments where you just want to go shushy. Don't <laughs> shushy. Don't, don't don't ruin it with the talking.
0: Sometimes just it's okay to just shh.
1: just just hit me with the emotion yep. and the soaring songs and yep. the just um, stop saying the words. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, very that fair, very that, fair. that album seemed to uh there's just something about it that seemed to resonate with me again and there was some of the, it was quite a uh, it was almost uh, it was. It was almost like one song was almost like three songs oh, cool. pushed together, and then they were. And, and I enjoyed the. It was almost like sweets. Yeah, that's cool. what it was like. So cool. I got into that one.
0: Amazing! As well. I love that.
1: Uh, what was number two for you?
0: So number two, I don't know if you've heard of a band called Moona, M U N no, A. They are right. a fairly well, fairly new to being sort of big on the scene yep. here in Australia. I would certainly say. They are much bigger in America, but they yep. have been going for a long time. They just had a recent um, kind of a song with that featured Phoebe Bridges, that I think was a big breakthrough for right. them. Yep. Um, but they've certainly been around a lot longer than I've known about them. But they have a self-titled record that came out in 2022, and it is full-on uh, synth fun pop. Not yep. even when I say fun, there's a lot of dark shit in the lyrics. Like right. it's not all fun subject matter yeah. but it's really fun to listen to and yeah. it's so f- and it's you dance to it it's yeah. just like it is it satisfies every pop need in me i'm just yeah. like this is great the, the lyrics are great the melodies are great the feels are great like they are playing actually sydney um, pride festivals right. fairly soon yeah. um, which is really exciting so i might get to see them live for the first time but yeah an incredible band and um yeah they they are 3 uh, three of them i think um out of out of um America and just amazing amazing yeah. people
1: i'm a big fan of the contrast of the the dark lyric and the i'm having a good oh, time great you know th- my that's favourite. that's some of the um one of my loves of uh disco is yeah. you know the because the when the music was created and the the culture was not used to having a future, you know, yeah, c- because of yeah. the way they were treated and yeah. the way they were uh, not looked after, and yeah. so the the music was about being in the now, yeah, right. Which I think kind of lends it this deep melancholy because it's decades later, and yes. that now is in the past, yeah. And so sometimes you can just be having a really good time with yeah. this with this music, and you go, ah, oh, that's it's so true. Kind of sad, yes. as well. And
0: I kind of love that that yeah. old that old trick. It's good.
1: Yeah, uh, number two. Continuing my long list of me being a middle-aged man <laughs> was uh, The Smile, uh, Light for Attracting Attention. Oh, so that I don't was, know this at all. So that's Johnny Greenwood and Tom York oh with uh, the drummer from, i um, drawing a blank on the band. But anyway, it's just they're just a three-piece. Yeah. And, um, wow. you know, I that haven't had awesome. a Radiohead fix for a while. Of course. And, uh, you know,
0: Tom York what a what an incredible artist
1: oh yeah and like you know Johnny Greenwood turning up yes. and like writing these beautiful uh, scores for movies like The Phantom Threat and, wow. and stuff like that and you uh, there's there's talk of them getting back together and just I, I think I think those guys are in a really comfortable space where they just go off and do their own thing wow and then they come back together and they go do you want to make something yeah, yeah. and then they bring all these influences but there was something oh, Something a little bit punky, yeah, so maybe cool. maybe your dad might be interested oh, in having a listen I'll to check it. it out. A little bit fuzzy, oh fun, you know, I like uh, that. that's cool and uh, quite propulsive as well. Cool, so uh, amazing, be, that's great. Checking out,
0: that sounds very fun.
1: Uh, what's your number one then?
0: Well, it is of. It'll probably be of little surpri- surprise to anybody who knows me that it is "Midnights" by Taylor Swift, right? Of course, great. Um, which came in pretty late, like pretty maybe October November yep. last year October I think um, she is
1: prolific God, she and she has a stop. pretty consistent like rate of what she turns out yeah. and it's it's pretty amazing yeah to watch.
0: her hit rate is so good like yeah. and you know it's obviously like people always sort of go ah oh, but you know people just people would love anything she did and I'm like I think people would give her fans would give anything she did a go, but Mm. if they really didn't resonate with it, they would not be listening to it on a daily basis. Like it's not, we don't just listen to these things because we are fans of somebody. Like that's how I found out about it, but it's the songs that keep me coming back for more.
1: People saying that, it's like, have you not been paying attention to the current culture where we all love someone and then someone (laughs) uses one word incorrectly and <laughs> it's like it, it's all over. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah,
0: exactly. Well, it's one of those things where I'm, you know, I will, um, I am very loyal to her and I will yep. give anything she does a go but if I really didn't like the record, I wouldn't be yep. listening to it but this record is full of like really great, really great lyrical moments. I think lyrically it is, you know, of all the things about it that I love, the lyrics is probably the thing I love the most. Um, There's a song on there called Would Have, Should Have, Could Have um, which is on the deluxe version of it she always does an extra yeah sort of deluxe version and um this one was called the 3am edition and it was just like the the there are lyrics about like girlhood and sort of moving into being an adult and loss of innocence and stuff and she's reflecting back on these things from her past and what what she went through when she was 19 and you know dating a dating a thirty something year old John Mayer and yeah, and all yeah. these kind of reflections on her past that are like, ooh ooh, I didn't really realise at the time that that was a bit fucked up. You know, yeah. sort of so like it's very interesting and, and really great songwriting yeah. on her part, as usual. I shouldn't I'm never surprised she is she is my Lord and Saviour. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's my number one.
1: How would you like is there is is is, is it perverse to say I would love to date Taylor Swift for like three months so then she could write a song about me <laughs> and then be sitting <laughs> like, there going, I inspired that song. I
0: feel like that would be the most amazing. I feel like that's <laughs> such a compliment. Like if someone cares about you enough to write even an angry song. Yeah. Like maybe this is just what I tell myself because I think about the men I've written angry songs about. Right. But they should be pleased that they affected my life enough to get an angry song, really. Right,
1: like so, like <laughs> to get a song out of it. Pretty good. You know, you've learned a lesson. Pretty good, yes. And you got a song.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you Damn. can always be like, that's about me. It's
1: not often that you get to tap your foot along to a lesson.
0: No, that's so true. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true.
1: Have you, uh, the, the songs that you've written, like you can answer this however you want, <laughs> but have you uh, had any of the guys that you've uh, written songs about come up to you afterwards and go, oh, yeah, who did that to you? That guy's fucked. <laughs> and they've had no idea. I've
0: had, a, I've had some of that in the past, but it tends to be the ones that, because uh, I have a lot of people being like, wow, every relationship – you experience seems to go down in flames like it's a red flag on my behalf but it's only that those (laughs) that those are the relationships I write about like the ones that are just very mild don't tend to get a mention like the things that are healthy and nice don't tend to get a mention like it's just the ones I sing about and I want to get all Alanis Morrissey about it are the ones that really fucked me off and I'm like I get mad about it so then people are like oh she's just like dating and spitting out these men it's a classic you know, it's classic fun um, songwriting yeah. s- sexism. But um, it's. I just feel like some of those dudes will be like, you know, oh, she's just going to – I don't want to go out with her because she's just going to write songs about me or whatever. I'm like, well, then just don't be a fuckhead and it's fine. Like it's really easy. It's really easy not to like, like – just-
1: D- don't be a fuckhead. Just
0: don't be a fuckhead. It's so easy. I'm here. I am right now. Not being a fuckhead.
1: Maybe that's the title of the <laughs> song that you have to write about. Though. Don't <laughs> exactly. be a fuckhead. Exactly. It's that's my new or, T-shirt. Or maybe the um maybe the challenge for the next album is to write a song uh, about uh, about people saying, oh, why don't you write about the relationships that were fine? And yes. then it's and it's this song about. <laughs> It was over breakfast. You, <laughs> you, you said you didn't like avocado, and I knew it was all over. We
0: went to the movies. Yeah. and <laughs> it was really boring. We walked out of Babylon.
1: <laughs> um, so my number one, who and I find uh, this is a band that uh, I've been wanting to see live for a while, and oh, I finally yeah? got to see them, and that was the Arctic Monkeys. <gasps> cool. And, and I love the car.
0: Oh my god, so fun! Yeah, that's and awesome. The
1: it's interesting because that was the first. Like, big concert I've been to cool. since pre-COVID. Oh. And uh, it was interesting. Everyone, you know, like, the fans were great, but they obviously, like, the the, the, the the latest two albums, there seemed to be more people going to get drinks at that point. Sure. And it's funny, because for me, the latest two albums are, you know, in an artist's uh, career. It's yeah. like they, they can, you know, careers can go in multiple directions, but some artists, they hit a point... Where they nail it, and yep. they've, they've got it, and it's like they could easily do another three or four versions of that. Yes, but to, for me, the artists that I love suddenly go, "Ah, oh, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I need yeah. to do this." Yeah, and
0: why just do a second version of something you've already done? Where you could just do something, especially else. if you're not feeling it. Exactly, you know, like that, he said, he, f- oh. he felt
1: like he was uh, doing a pastiche oh, of no. himself. You so they've gone that. into these kind of yeah. weird kind of loungy you know he's like a you know he's wearing like a tuxedo suit and even the way he sings but he's uh uh it's not just the songs but the lyrics as well and the way the way he puts words together is really appealing awesome yeah i love that that's great yeah i'm um glad to share those five with you because one of the things of as you get older is you you're uh, your broad knowledge of music dissipates. So, (laughs) now you've mentioned five hours. I go, okay, I'll go and check those out. Well, I'd heard of the Gang of Youths. um, Yeah, awesome. uh, I've got some listeners' suggestions for you. Love it. So, Grant Long said, Shuffle Mania by Robin Hitchcock. Great lyrics. Oh, I love Robin Hitchcock. And great music from a range of contributors. Uh, Saw Robin in Annandale in about 2009 with Peter Buck, uh, Scott... McCoy and Bill Riflin uh, then so three out of, of the five of REM amazing night wow do yourself a favour oh my Grant god says.
0: I love that that's amazing that's a good one that's a very good recommendation
1: uh, Alicia Hobson uh, said uh Daniel John's Future Never has been a big part of my year. I was a Silverchair fan for my formative years, so him bringing out a podcast, an interview series about his life, a new album with tons of interesting collectible merch, his amazing exhibition at Radio Velvet, and the fact he has actually been interacting directly with fans on Instagram has been a really beautiful experience. The album itself is brilliant and interesting and has some real bangers, definitely on repeat in this house. Cool. It's nice to hear passionate stuff like That's that. That's really right?
0: awesome. I love that and I feel bad that I have not really listened to that record so I need to go back.
1: It's, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Like, as I said, There's you so know, y- you see things and you go, oh, you know, yeah. I can't wait to really give that a shot. Yeah. Have you ever thought about podcasting?
0: Oh, I love to podcast. I yeah. would, if I could come up with a reason to be another white woman making a podcast.
1: Oh, don't feel like that. Don't I
0: I would do it. I am no, no. like, yeah. I'm like, what am I gonna? What do I bring to the table that's different? Maybe I'll find something cool. Yeah, and I won't yeah, feel yeah. As weird don't,
1: about don't Um, I understand that. I recognize that because I feel like I'm a fucking middle aged <laughs> white man, right? And you know, like there is a part of me that's like, well, what am I doing? But look, uh, look
0: hey, if, if there's a yourself, reason, if there's a reason, and a f- you know, yeah, you should do it.
1: Yeah. So, I think you'd be good at podcasting. I think you... Uh, Thank you. Maybe you I'll just, think about that for this
0: uh, year. We'll
1: throw some ideas around. <laughs> I, love um, it. I love it. Uh, Matt Deegan uh, said, the art of creating a truly great start-to-finish album seems to be dying off. So, this is a hard question. But age, sex, location from Ari Lennox is my pick. She's so out of time with her old-school R&B voice and style, but the subject matter of the album is definitely contemporary. Oh, uh-huh. Do you like you like an album, don't you? You like a, going on a little trip through yeah. an album, yeah. So very, I.
0: very good. I love a concept album. I love yeah. it all. Yeah.
1: What's your favorite concept album?
0: I really love um, this is, again. Taylor Swift. She did Folklore and Evermore yes. are kind yep. of two records that are really important to me from yep. Taylor Swift, and they are sort of there are character through lines yep. through all of those records, which are which are amazing.
1: Would you do a concept album? Like, I would. Maybe yeah. that
0: should be my next move. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I love a, that.
1: I reckon an album that people don't realise is the concept album yes. and then, then the true fans are like, hey, did you realise? Yes, you these,
0: these, this person yeah. in this song is also this person in this other song in the story. Yeah.
1: Sometimes it's fascinating when you listen to a concept album as well and you go, oh, the concept is actually quite vague. Yes. But it's, there's something about it that allows the listener to uh, fill in the gaps.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, I love that. That's really yeah. cool. That's great.
1: If you ever want to hear a really funny concept album, uh, like, so when I was a kid, I loved Kiss. And uh, they released an album called The Elder. Which was a massive failure Oh no But there is something about it that I uh, the, the comedian David Quirk and I really love Amazing And uh, you know it was You know when a, <laughs> the band was like on the skids a little bit oh. So they, they were like You know what we need to do Release a concept album Oh my and god And like the cover is like literally A close-up of a hand on a door knocker And it's like oh. Can you imagine you're on the skids And you oh. go This is what we have to <laughs> kick off with perfect. anyway perfect Oh no But if oh, you feel dear. like having like a bit of a <laughs> bit of a listen. It's kind of fun. That's Uh, awesome. Rachel Blair. Rachel's one of our most passionate listeners. Uh, She has suggested Bjork. Oh. Uh, Honestly, it's simply because I loved someone very much once who adored her and the whole album made me think of him. And it's the only new release album I've listened to since 2016. Whoa. Wow.
0: That is – wow, that's amazing to – avoid new, like, how would you even do that? That's well, amazing. maybe
1: she, uh, I, I would guess that she's probably been listening to a lot of older stuff. Yeah. You, know, so you, you know, you go through stages of going into yeah, back catalog Yeah, true, catalogues. true, true, into back yeah. catalog. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Monica Sonson said, uh, so much great music and so many wonderful uh, songs and albums. My standout album this year was also my most played album, which was The Smile, a light oh. for attracting attention. Uh, she agrees with Rachel Bjork's... Uh, f- Fossera? Is it Sossera or Fossera? Goddamn I don't know uh, how things. To. C- uh, autocorrect. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. Uh, was also really beautiful and I enjoyed the accompanying podcast and a retrospective deep dive of her albums. Uh, Dead Cross 2, this just made my playlist this week and, well, Mike Patton and Dave Lombardo always bring me pleasure and joy. Have you ever heard Mike Patton's 1950s album, uh, uh, Italian love songs, no. Mondo Carne?
0: No, I think my brother's really into Mike Patton, but Uh, I don't know. I don't really know much about...
1: I'm taking a guess, but I feel like you would have a really good time with that album. Okay, I'll check it out. He's a a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, And Monica also mentioned uh, a a young fellow called Lawrence Summerfield, who is from Adelaide. He's been on this podcast. I know Lawrence. He is a delightful young man and he released his first album called The Sweetness. Oh, so, awesome. I'm going to check all uh, these out. Monica said that was a delight. Uh, a few more for you. Steph Perino said Chris Cheney's, uh, Cheney, Cheney? Ch- I don't From, know, Cheney? Ah, Cheney. Oh, Cheney. I know. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, the Storm Before the Calm being uh, huge uh, because she's a huge The Living End fan oh. for many, many, many years. I love everyone in the band and get excited for anything they produce. Cool. Uh, Chris took what he does best and made something different enough from his usual stuff to produce a fantastic album, a regular listen from start to finish. VJ Owens said, in the spirit of no wrong answers, that's what I said to everyone, no wrong answers, Amazing. I'm going to an album I haven't listened to in its entirety since way before CDs stopped being relevant, (laughs) The Black Crow, Shake Your Money Maker. Ah. It would fall in my least preferred albums by my favourite band, but their 30-year anniversary tour of it finally hit our shores, was able to see them perform it in all... in order live in Brisbane and then get to see them do a festival set at Harvest Rock in Adelaide. Excellent question, though. Made me really think I've listened to a lot of new music this year but very few albums. Something I'll be more mindful of for next year. Yes, you will, DJ. Uh, Danny Radford said Danger Mouse and Black Thought Cheat codes Uh, Danger Mouse produces Some quality quality old school Hip hop vibes With Black Thought uh, Who's from the roots Rhyming in his smooth style He gave it Five from five squids He also said uh, Clutch uh, Sunrise on Slaughter Beach Clutch are one of my favourite Rock bands On this Their 13th Studio album They continue to, to Deliver Exciting rock riffs Mixed with swinging drums And lyrics That reference Blade Runner Roland Kirk And homemade BMX bike jumps. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, what that, a combo that, that's, that's a selling point that is right? a combo I love it uh, Ryan Leon said Mine is horribly mainstream But I can't go past The new Noiseworks album Evolution Even if only to hear The dearly missed Stuart Fraser one more time Do oh. not apologise Ryan
0: There's no such thing As horribly mainstream There is nothing
1: No You're correct And finally Matthew Thurban said His favourite album of 2022 Was King Gizzard And the Lizard Wizards Omnium Gatherium 2LP The band is so prolific I could have picked Any of the five albums They released this year this year this epic double album blends thrash metal psychedelia lounge synth jams kraut rock prog rock Folk and garage rock together into a cohesive hypnotic masterpiece. The Gizverse is far more interesting than the Marvel multiverse. <laughs> and then he added if there was a category for favourite live gig of 2022, and and Matthew goes to a lot, uh, it would be a toss-up between Blue Bottle Kiss and Knievel at Crowbar or Nick oh. Cave and Warren Ellis oh. at Sydney Opera House.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So that's great.
1: Some good suggestions Some in good there. Some good
0: stuff in there. I'm going to check heaps of that out. It I, f- I always feel like so excited when there's so much music I don't know about.
1: Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And that's you awesome. see this, and you go, fantastic! I'll just be able to go and search this out and have a listen. That's why. That's why. I very definitively asked favorite. Yes. Because if you say best, then yes. it's then it's almost like. Well, this is the best yeah, and then no, you can't have an opinion yeah, yeah. but favourite is inclusive exactly um, thank you so much for doing this podcast we've been trying to make this happen for so long and I'm wrapped that you've been able to come along uh, I've really loved your albums and I'm so glad that uh, Georgia Mooney uh, introduced us oh and, thank you
0: so much uh, love
1: to have you come back when you have your new album out uh, yeah. where, where are the best places that people can find you
0: so you can find me on all of the social media things Imogen yep. Clark no E on the end of Clark that's normally the way people get lost yep. when they look for it but yeah um, Imogen Clark music on Instagram that's yep. my kind of most commonly used one but uh, yeah I'd love to see love to see some people when I'm back out on the road and yep. um, it's been a pleasure I really love chatting about music and it's so fun yep. you know, I'm so glad we finally got to do this so yep. thank you for asking me Yep,
1: no worries well let's uh, do it in the future and then when your new album's coming out we'll we'll do a nice push here
0: perfect thank you so much
1: Thank you to Imogen for being my guest today. Wasn't she fantastic? Uh, Please make sure you check out her music when you get the chance. I think she's great, and you know, still so young. And I think she's going to go into some uh, really interesting areas. So, what an absolute delight! Uh, Thank you to Mel for being our Patreon subscriber of the episode. Uh, uh, Once again, I appreciate all your support. If You'd like to contribute to this podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you will find a tier that suits you. If money is super tight uh, but you'd like to help out, how about leaving... Uh, the big squid podcast a top review on apple podcasts or whichever platform you use even word of mouth is a great way to support us you can just tell people hey why don't you check out this podcast this is what they do this is what they bang on about so even that's a great way to help out that won't cost you anything also a big thank you to everyone who contributed to this podcast thank you for sharing your favorite albums there's some stuff there that i was kind of across there was some stuff there that i'd never heard of before and uh yes as soon as i get some time i'm going to be checking out some of that so that's great thank you so much adelaide i'll see you next week at the rhino room if you come along to the show and you're a fan of the podcast make sure you say hello afterwards and let me know what you're looking forward to later in the year Okay, I'll be back next week with three podcasts. On Monday, it is a new Chitter Chatter episode with Adam Richard. On Tuesday, it is a brand new Space Odyssey episode. And not only do we have Ben Elwood, but we also have comedian Alice Fraser. And together, we are tackling one of my favourite sci-fi movies of all time. Do you you want to know what it is? Yeah, of course, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, you know what, I'll tell you. So then it gives you time to watch it or re-watch it over the weekend if you're feeling particularly committed. That movie is Arrival by Denis Villeneuve, and it's just wonderful, and it's a great podcast as well. And then on Thursday, author Garth Jones and I discuss our favourite books and graphic novels from 2022. It's the last of the favourite 2022 eps, uh, the movies, TV shows, TV um, this one, music, next is books. They've been so much fun, and I've really enjoyed uh, the contributions from everyone. So, thank you, and I'm looking forward to getting that up next week. We'll we'll have to do more of this kind of stuff. It really is a lot of fun. Let's finish today's podcast with a quote about music from philosopher Plato. Music is a moral law. It gives soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and charm and gaiety to life and to everything. Until then.